If you've ever thought of quilting your own projects but just don't know where to start, I have the perfect first steps for you. I've put together a PDF guide. I call it Three Steps Toward Freehand Freedom. These are the baby steps, but they can help you move past your overwhelm and show you that yes indeed, freehand quilting can be learned. So if you'd like to snag this PDF, there's a link in the show notes, or if you're an Instagram user, just message me three steps. That's the number three, S-T-E-P-S, and I'll send you that link. Let today be the day you get started. I think my best tip is don't spend too much time thinking on it. Just jump into it. Welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the podcast where we hear quilters and other crafters' stories and draw encouragement and even life lessons from them. I'm your host, Susan Smith, coming to you from my quilting studio, Stitched by Susan. This is where my long arm, Lucy, and I spend lots of hours doing freehand, edge-to-edge quilting. And if you're not a quilter and those terms mean nothing to you, It's basically doodling on a quilt top with a 50-pound pencil with needle and thread attached and at very high speeds. My philosophy is there's nothing as warm and comforting as a handmade quilt, and my mission is to get as many out there in the world as possible. So I quilt for people, and I teach others to quilt for themselves. There are so many quilt makers and just as many stories. Quilting has been a bridge between generations. It has soothed loneliness and chronic pain, and it's been a beautiful expression of art and creativity that spans countries and cultures. Joining me today to tell us her story is Jen Frost. Today's Pins and Needles is brought to you by The Will and Dave Show. Hi, I'm Dave of The Will and Dave Show. I'd love to invite you along for a journey every Saturday evening, live on YouTube, as we explore how we look at things completely differently. He's more liberal, I'm more conservative. He's younger, I'm older. And you know what? At the end of the night, we still love each other, and yep, we even like each other. Join us at thewillanddaveshow.com. And now, on to Pins and Needles with Susan. Today's tip will be helpful when you're sewing at your domestic sewing machine and sewing two pieces of fabric together. I think a lot of sewists know that when you've got one piece of fabric that's just a wee bit larger and you want to ease it into the seam a little bit, you put that piece on the bottom and that way your feed dogs will be feeding that in just a fraction faster than the top layer and will ease in that excess fabric. But what you might not know is this also helps if one of your fabrics is cut on the bias. So at an angled cut across the grain. If you'll put that piece on the bottom of your two pieces of fabric, the feed dogs will pull it in much more smoothly and it will avoid any kind of stretching and result in a much more perfect seam. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash stitched by Susan, where for the price of one delicious coffee, you're able to make a one-time contribution. This helps me get a better microphone and enables me to keep bringing you these weekly episodes. Thank you so much for your support, and maybe take a moment now to refill your cup as you settle back to enjoy today's interview. Today, I'm welcoming Jen Frost into my studio. Jen's a creative designer who evangelizes through fabric. Her quilt patterns are inspired by her Christian faith, where she creates both full quilts under her signature scripture quilts line and quilt blocks under her scripture quilts blocks line. In addition to quilting, she's also published several faith-based books, including Patchwork of Salvation, 
an Advent devotional designed just for quilters. When she's not in front of her sewing machine, she can be found at the beach with her husband and son, toes happily buried in the sand. So welcome into the studio, Jen. It's very good to meet you. Thank you. Likewise, I'm excited to be here today. So do you live somewhere where you can bury your toes in the sand? We do. We live in San Diego and we are very fortunate. We're about four blocks from the beach. So walking there each evening is just part of our, you know, after dinner walk with the dog. How wonderful. Oh, that must be nice. Well, I live in the inland Northwest. So yeah, not many beaches here. No. (laughs) Some lakes, but not many beaches. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, you've got the affordable housing in your favor there though. So there you've got that. There is that for sure. And it is beautiful. I have no complaints. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me about, I was looking this morning at your website and looking at some of your fabrics. Tell me about some of those. They're so unique. And what, what is your inspiration there? Thank you. So yeah, so I have quilt some patterns. And then I also got into a little bit of just fun fabric design. Spoonflower is such a really neat um, organization, if you will, because they let you take your designs and just make fabric out of it. So I've enjoyed kind of coming up with some Christian fabrics. I found when I started doing that about two and a half years ago, there really wasn't much out there at the time. And I had wanted to incorporate them into some of my quilts. Couldn't find it. So I just started making them myself. Now, today, there's a lot of people doing that, and there's a lot more, um, there's a lot greater selection, if you will. But uh, I still enjoy from time to time kind of dabbling in, in making some to, to sew with. Well, maybe you started something there because I can't honestly say I'm aware of all that many sources for fabric that are faith based. I found yours to be very unique in my experience. Thank you. So you've kind of preempted one of my questions, which was, you know, do you design for a manufacturer or no? You said that you go through Spoonflower. Maybe describes the process of Spoonflower just a little bit for our listeners in case they're not familiar with it. Definitely. So Spoonflower is basically for pattern surface designers. So as long as you have some way to create a repeating pattern, you can turn it into fabric, wallpaper, or um, I think they also do gift wrapping papers. So you can do that. And it's really neat because if you just have an iPad or Adobe on your computer, you just create that repeating design, you upload it, and voila, you can print it on pretty much any kind of fabric you like, different kinds of canvases, you know, by the fat quarter, or I'm sorry, not by the fat quarter, but by um, the yard or by, yeah, actually they do. I take that back. They do do fat quarter size. That is so unique. What, a, what an amazing way to be able to express creativity and make something that has absolutely never been seen before. Like you talk about wallpaper or wrapping paper. You know, you can make your specialty Christmas gifts for your friends this year, right? Too absolutely. Fun. So one of the fabrics I came across <clears throat> that I absolutely fell in love with was The World is a Book. Can you tell me any details about that one or what inspired that? Yes. So the reason I, I kind of got into fabric design was twofold. It wasn't just because I was quilts. It was because in 2000 and the end of 2018, and then most of 2019, my husband and my son and I actually rented out our house. We jumped in a camper and we just camped across the U.S. for the year. And it was amazing. It was so cool just to be able to see see the U.S. in a way that you got to live in it. You know, Because when you're going to all these local campgrounds, you're really surrounded by by locals. And I just loved getting to meet everyone. It made me realize how much more in common we all have. You know, sometimes you watch the news and it's like, oh, that states this and this states that. And it's not. It's not at all. So while camping, obviously, it was very hard for me to sew in a camper. So that's really another side of why I got into the fabric designing. And um, St. Augustine actually has that quote. 
And I just love that quote. And so it was really fun to kind of incorporate the travel aspect with um, with his quote. And again, because it was faith-based, that the world is a book and those who don't travel um, only read that one page. They only read the page of what their local environment is like, their local neighborhood. That is absolutely true. One should pause and think about that a little every day. <laughs> absolutely true. So I read too that you are, um, you do a, a bit of teaching and involving younger and up and coming sewists. Tell us a bit more about that. Yes, I'm very excited to have just started doing this. So there's a very large, um, it's a Catholic homeschool, and they reached out a couple, gosh, I'm going to say about three months ago and asked if I'd be interested in teaching classes for them um, virtually, obviously, with everything that's going on. Plus, they're, they're a nationwide school, so um, this way we can reach all of their students. And so I started first practicing, uh, you know, pulled all my content together, pulled the class together and taught it to some of my friends' kids. And that went well enough that now it's a class that I'm offering once a month for, um, for, for young, young sewists, as you mentioned, to be able to come on and just get some basic sewing skills. You know, we're focusing mostly on our sewing dolls because it's a very easy project. You know, you get your little fat quarter, you cut the doll out, you know, you sew around the edges, stuff it, and then a little bit of hand sewing. So it's nothing so intense that we can't get that done in about 30 minutes which then we still allow time to learn about the history of sewing and parts of a sewing machine. That's fantastic. I've often said that the, the best time to learn a new craft, but especially sewing, is when you're young because you don't, you don't care about how exact or perfect it is. You just do it for the joy. And it sounds like you're providing that for these kids, that immediate reward of creating something mm -hmm. and then a little it bit is. of skill and knowledge to go with. It is. And just like you said, it is an immediate gratification. It's nice that we don't have to have something that drags out or that mom or dad has to feel like they have to finish afterwards. It's like it's, it's one and it's done. Perfect. Sounds perfect. So tell me more about maybe your books that you've published. Great. So I have um, I have one book that's published through our Sunday Visitor. It's about living liturgically. So really how to live your faith in your home throughout the year. So it kind of looks at different seasons, like the season of Advent. It looks at the season of Christmas, the season of Lent. And it just talks about how you can live faith at home in your domestic church. Because so many people just go to church on Sundays, and that's kind of like they check their box. And then, you know, often as they grow older, then they're like, well, why didn't my faith translate to my children? You know, I took, I took them to church every week. And it's very easy, if you think about, to rip a Band-Aid off of one little thing. Living liturgically is really more bringing that faith into your home. And it's more of like a, a weaving. I always describe it like you're weaving your faith into their everyday life. And when you do that and you weave faith into to everything that you do, it's a lot harder um, to, to kind of separate that from who from who you are. And obviously, that's not why we do it. Um, you know, we want we want that whole beautiful salvation and everything that comes with it. But that's uh, that's the focus of that book. And then my second one that's about to come out, we've just finally went through the publisher. I'm very excited is called Patchwork of Salvation. And that's really an Advent devotional focused for quilters. Um, this book came out as a result of our Jesse tree. So I created a Jesse tree quilt pattern last year. And so there's basically 25 different quilt blocks that go all the way from creation through Christ's birth. And now what this book does is it takes each of those little blocks and just makes a full devotional out of that day that you can use as a guide going through Advent. I'm very excited about that one. That is that is so beautiful. And speaking for myself, it's always a challenge for me to, um, I've been a believer all my life, like as long as I can remember. 
the mm-hmm. challenge is always to find something kind of new and that I really can get into in my morning devotionals. So I love the idea of having a devotional book that's got some fresh content. And this sounds unusual. And of course, linked to, to quilting. What could be better, right? So we'll make Absolutely. sure to put a link to both your books in the show notes so that folks can find them. It sounds like a great gift, too, for a, for a fellow quilter. So tell me about some of your sew-alongs. That sounds like that's a big part of your business. Too. Yeah, I really enjoy doing sew-alongs. I think it's so fun when you can kind of come together and feel like you're not doing it just in a vacuum. And this was for me even pre-COVID. It was just, it's fun to kind of have other people sewing along with you. You know, I'm, I used to work in corporate and then I was an old mom, you know, it took us a while to be able to have my little guy. And then once I did, I started staying home with him. And I found in the beginning, it was very isolating. And so I have been able to connect with so many quilters through um, just, just online media. And so being able to have these quilt alongs is a really fun way to be able to connect with others. So I do, we when actually when COVID first started, we did our crab quilt along because we were all feeling a little crabby and that was a lot of fun. So we're going to be doing starting in July, we'll be doing Christmas in July, we'll be doing an advent quilt along. Um, we are doing every Friday right now, a free motion Friday quilt along, which is a lot of fun. I have been really enjoying seeing everyone's designs. And just to go into that one for a second, the Free Motion Friday is each Friday, I take a different uh, line from scripture and we turn that into a free motion pattern. And so we kind of first talk about the scripture and then we we create a really fun design inspired by it. Like last week we did waves based on, you know, Peter getting out of the boat and the storm and the waves. So it's it's been a lot of fun. You are so creative. I have never <laughs> heard of that before. And, and I'm a quilter myself, a long arm quilter. And I've just never approached it from that point of view. That's, that's so awesome. It's fun to get inspiration from different places. So maybe tell us a bit about what got you into quilting. You talked about early on when you were feeling kind of disconnected, but what particularly brought you to quilting? So what brought me to quilting? So my mother-in-law quilts, and it wasn't something I ever thought I would get into. Actually, I kind of thought the opposite because she has this quilting studio full of all this beautiful fabric and quilts piled up in the corner. And I am the ultra minimalist. Like we have one set of sheets for my bed because I wash them and then I put them back on. (laughs) And the thought of having all this stuff just built up was not at all for me. And then one year I, I wanted to, you know, we talked about bringing faith into the home. I wanted to put something up for Advent on our table. I just wanted like a nice Advent table runner, just real simple. I couldn't find anything. So I made one and it was like the most basic little purple stripes sewed together you, you've ever seen, but it was beautiful. And then of course that kind of was like, this was a lot of fun. What else can I do? So then I made a new advent one and that's when I learned to do just some very basic paper piecing that I made up just to make candles. So I had the advent wreath um, on there and a bunch of girlfriends came over and they're like, oh my gosh, Jen, you have to make me one of these. I was like, girlfriend, you have no idea how long this took me. I am not making you one but I'll show you how to do it. And so that's how the pattern started coming. And it's just been this beautiful, natural evolution of that. You know, I have about 20 patterns out there now. I'd say more than half of them are faith-based and they are absolutely my, my best sellers. And, and if I can share about that a little bit, it's been really special because, you know, we're Catholic, but very few of my patterns are, are specific to a denomination. They're just, they're Christian patterns. 
And it's been really neat to connect with so many people. You know, I've got a bunch of um, female pastors that pick them up. And so they've been making stoles out of them. There's missionaries that have made the pattern with the three crosses and taken them to Africa with them. So they're hanging in African churches when they're doing their missionaries. And it's just been such a gift for me to be able to, again, just connect with so many people outside of my world, outside of my circle, and just broaden all of our perspectives together. Mm -hmm. I agree. And quilting, I think, forever has been about community. You know, you think of quilting bees and the ways that communities and women have got together. This is just one more level, one more intimate level, really, of bringing it into our Christian relationships, too. That's so awesome. Give us some tips then. If you're the ultra minimalist, how do you handle your fabrics and your crafting supplies? Because there's a minimalist hidden somewhere in me and wants to get out sometimes. Yes. So I am very good at buying just what I need for um, for a project. I am definitely not one of those people who walk into a store and go, oh my gosh, I have to buy all these. I just take notes on them and I write them down if I like them and if they inspire me for a future project. But I don't have a lot of buildup. In fact, the only buildup I have is from our neighbor. We had an amazing neighbor who used to live across the street from us. And when she passed away, her son just brought over like five boxes of fabric. Like, like we're talking moving boxes of fabric. So I went through some of that and kept it. And that's what I use for making like test patterns. But uh, other than that, you know, I've got my, I have two sewing machines, which I've heard of is not, um, not much compared to some quilters. I've got a serger and then my regular one. But uh, yeah, you know, I just, um, I don't like stuff. We moved a lot as a kid. We were a military family and uh, my dad got out early, but I feel like that bug of moving kind of stuck with my parents. We had several houses. And so not living anywhere for more than say four or five years, you learn to just not have a lot of stuff because it was that much more stuff to have to pack up and move. And that, that style just kind of stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And stuff takes, you know, headspace too. And I, if speaking from my own experience, I've never found that it's terribly helpful to have a lot of fabric because inevitably 10 years down the road, I don't like the same fabric, maybe even only yeah. five or one year down the road, you know? Yeah. And so it's better to keep it fresh and current. And then I don't ever feel guilty about the stuff that I'm not using because I want the new things, right? So yeah. there's good advice in there. So I'm curious, do you live in a small home too, or do you just practice minimalism? Our home is pretty small by California standards, I think, where we have a little three-bed, two-bath house. Um, I think we're only about like 1,600 square feet, <laughs> so not not huge, you know, pretty big for the little beach houses that we live in. Our houses are all World War II homes. They were built for the GIs when they came back, so they were all about 800 square feet when we started, but my husband's a contractor, so he did, he did rebuild our home for us and made it a little more spacious because that 800 square feet got really small when we started our family. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. I can imagine. So you said you have about 20 patterns available, and they're available, I understand, for a variety of skill levels. But what would you recommend for someone who's never made a pattern that sort of represents their faith? What's a good occasion or pattern to start with? Mm. So probably one of the most popular ones is if you, so I, I tend to come either paper piecing or standard piecing. So I have uh, just standard piecing pattern and that's our Good Friday pattern. And that's got three crosses and kind of they're on a hillside and you kind of have this amazing sunset happening behind you. And that's a real popular one because people like to make their own colors of a sunset and that they've been just beautiful seeing all the different colors. So I'd say if you're more into traditional piecing, that's a popular one. 
Uh, Taper piecing wise, gosh, you know, I've got a Pentecost one that's coming or uh, coming out in the next couple of days here, about two weeks from now that I think is going to be really good. But in the meantime, the Advent Reads Quilt is probably my my top seller on the, the paper piecing side. So when I first started off making quilts, someone had actually private messaged me and said, you know, that's cool. That's what you do. But I don't know that you want to spend a lot of time doing what you're doing because I don't know that there's going to be a market for that. And, you know, I, I, I ruminated a lot on that and I thought on it, but I just wanted to do it. And for me, it was fun and I enjoyed doing it. So I did. And there has been just such an amazing response to what I do and the suggestions that people, oh, you've made this quilt. Can you make this one next has been really special for me and continue to motivate me to continue to do it. That's the market fantastic. is there. It is. And the need for community has always been there. And, you know, quilters for centuries have need, had that need for quilting bees and get togethers. And it's been a, a way to uh, express and also to build relationship with each other. And I just think it's so wonderful that you're taking it to the next level and expressing your faith in your fabric. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about the growth of your business? Very early on, you alluded to growing a YouTube audience and that that was kind of a new platform for you. Do you want to elaborate on that? Definitely. So so this year, what I've been trying to do is just to branch into a couple different areas to connect with people differently. So one of my focuses this year has been on YouTube because that's a whole different audience of people who don't want to just read a direction. They want to see how to do something, especially for people who are new at something. I know when I want to see something, trying to just look at a picture and decipher what do you do before that photo was taken and what did you do after that photo was taken is hard. So having now a video out there to show you, okay, here's exactly how you paper piece. Or for example, with this Pentecost quilt I'm working on, I have a video I've been recording of just key moments in making it that might help a person out in, in making the quilt a little easier. So it's been fun to branch into a whole different platform. It is different. And, and because I'm building my business too, I feel for you that same, that same thing of, of getting into a new kind of niche of where people are and finding an audience there can be challenging, can also be very fun and rewarding. Absolutely. You know, I've connected with a lot of different people. I was expecting kind of the same people who read my newsletter and respond to comments on my blog would be the same people on there. And it's not. There are almost two different audiences now that I've been able to connect with just really since starting officially in January. I had a couple of random videos out there before, but I would say in earnest, it was really this January that I started trying to build out the channel. So are your YouTube videos then, are they usually linked to specific patterns or more to particular skills? You know, it varies. I have, um, I think, six different playlists. So I have one that's just on quilting tips and tricks. I have one for free motion quilting, um, those free motion Fridays we talked about. I have one specific for patterns um, that like, you know, products that I have, like if you purchase this pattern, it may behoove you to watch this video. Uh, there's a whole section on spring cleaning your quilting studio. So, you know, like how to deep clean your iron because that gets gross. And uh, I think there, there's another one that it's escaping me now, but by having them grouped, you know, you can quickly find what you're looking for. Yes. And so people that are watching can easily find uh, ones that relate to the topic they're particularly interested in. That's so fabulous. Well, thanks so much. Have you got any just last minute tips for, I don't know, maybe people who are considering, who have their own idea kind of simmering in the background of their mind and how could they explore that, whether it's pattern writing or surface designing, either one. Any good tips for someone who's who's trying to branch out into that? Absolutely. You know, I, I think my best tip is 
don't spend too much time thinking on it. Just jump into it. I think the best advice sometimes I got was the less you know properly, the better off you can be because you don't feel so limited by all those constraints. You know, you're kind of going to be carving your own path and you're going to be doing things your own way. And that's going to make what you do so special and so unique. That is excellent advice in so many areas of life, I think. Well, thank you, Jen, so, so much for being with us. It has been a pleasure and we'll chat again sometime. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the show. For information on classes I offer or quilting services, please see my website, stitchedbysusan.com. If you're a long-arm quilter and looking for freehand tips, take advantage of the live and unscripted episodes on my Facebook page, Stitched by Susan. Replays are also available on my YouTube channel, also Stitched by Susan. And if pictures are your preference, check out my Pinterest galleries of edge-to-edge and custom quilting projects. So until next time, may your sorrows be patched and your joys be quilted.